0: This is the Health,
1: to Your Health,
0: and Wealth Show. Show me the money. On My
1: Talk 1071, with guests from Health Foundation's Birth Center and ClearStep Financial. Let's learn something. And here's your host, Miss Shannon.
0: Welcome to the Health and Wealth Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on mytalk 1071com I am Ms. Shannon, always honored to be sitting across from our rotating panel of experts that come in and help you with your financial and physical and mental and all things health related. And now a good friend of mine, this is a happy sad day. Because it's always great to see you, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. But this is
1: your last Health and Wealth Show. This is my last Health and Wealth. We've been doing this for a long time. A long time.
0: Right. You know, we know each other's kids. I know. (laughs) We talked each other down off of the mom ledge. Right. It's rotated back and forth. So don't think that you're off the hook, because I'm still going to call you and go, I'm on a mom ledge.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And
0: you can still call me and go, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Absolutely. I I tell stories about you though, Doctor Amy, because I actually because uh, everybody who listens knows that I'm also a comedian, and you are one of my few friends that I've ever done a private party for. Really? Yes, you have that that honor. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever told you that. But, I didn't know that. Yeah, I do not do that.
1: Wow. <laughs> so when I feel you say that, you should, so when you're like,
0: <laughs> I'm like for you, yes. Anybody else, do not ask me to do your birthday party.
1: I decided not to really celebrate turning 40. Mm -hmm. But when I turned 41, it felt like that was the year to celebrate. So, Miss Shannon came and graced us. And I appreciate you asking.
0: Yes. (laughs) I did appreciate the ask. So I was like, thank you very much. Yes, I will go and do it. So oh, congratulations as you go off onto your new adventure. We know you're going to be doing a podcast and some other things. So a lot of your information is still going to be available. They're yep. so just not going to hear you every other week here yes. on my talk for a while. So, Yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: be looking for that. You can always find the information on our website. So healthfoundations.com. And um, always be looking on Facebook and Instagram. There's right. lots of great information we put out. Right, because a lot of what we talk
0: about, especially when you are on the health and wealth show, And in our previous iteration, the mom show was about building community. Um, And that's a lot of what you do at health foundations is not only provide additional resources, but build that community so that you're open to talking about women's health and all of these other things that you if you sit in your own bubble in your kitchen, your living room on your couch, you go, I must be insane.
1: Well, right. And instead of reaching out to Dr. Google, right, we talk about that all the time where. It's not always the best first place to look. Right. Sometimes it just exacerbates whatever anxiety you're
0: having, actually, because it doesn't really answer the question. It just lets you know that, yeah, lots of people are talking about this question. Well,
1: and, you know, outside of COVID, it's been, it was really easy. We had lots of classes, we had lots of support groups. Mm -hmm. You know, even as just a clinic, we would get together and do things like have a big picnic every summer. So it really gave people the opportunity to, meet other people, meet other like-minded people who were seeking similar care. And, but even in COVID, we've really tried to foster that community Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's online. Right. But, you know, we have a private Facebook group for people who are patients with us. Right. And it gives everybody an opportunity to do a lot of what we do here. Right. Right. Ask questions, share happy moments, share hard moments. Um, be there for support for each other. And I think that's invaluable. Right. Um, because not everybody has a great support system. Not everybody has, you know, a group of friends that they can reach out to. And so to be able to have that as part of your community can be really helpful and
0: comforting. And throughout the show today, we are going to talk about how you help make some of those decisions for yourself when you were look, seeking women's care and, and those things. And a lot of the conversations, uh seems to come back to, it's okay for you to get support and resources about things instead of just powering through a scenario.
1: And I think, you know, really, I feel like the last few years have been a lesson for me and just a reminder of why we have all of these screening tests and visits and these, all of these things in place Mm -hmm. because they truly are there to help prevent bigger issues from happening later down the line. And especially in women's health, Mm -hmm. you know, simple things that you can be doing on an annual basis or every couple of years to just check your box and say, Hey, okay, I'm good. Right. Because you're good until you're not exactly. And we want to catch you before you're not right. When I got to that
0: age, like when I hit 40 and they were starting to do all of those, I call them my baseline tests. I was like, okay, you need to look at this. Like it's an honor and a privilege because they're saying you're okay now. Yeah. Here's what okay looks like for you. So if anything goes awry, here's what we need to at least get you back to.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. So you're going in for your women's health visits for your screenings to Mm -hmm. say everything's okay you are going in so you have a baseline so if things change over the years you know where you started right and to really develop that relationship with a provider because if there comes a time when you do need somebody and you do need to have an appointment or something bigger comes up in your life you already have that relationship established and you know where to go right and if you have any questions you can be part of the health and well sure
0: our number is 651-641-1071 that's 651-641-1071 You know, I always appreciate sharing, and I've sent friends to health foundations for this reason, but sharing the differentiations between talking to somebody at health foundations as a provider versus some of the other providers you might get. Um, And that's, uh, for me, it was, you know, the last friend that I sent over there, it was because she just wasn't ever getting answers whenever she had this particular health issue that she's dealing with. It was just basically, that's your age, deal with it.
1: Yes, I think a lot of women feel very dismissed in healthcare, Mm -hmm. or feel not heard. Right. Right. And so, you know, an average visit in our conventional system generally is around 10 to 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. depending on the provider. And, you know, a lot of research shows people generally don't get comfortable to even open up and start talking about what's going on. Right. Well into, you know, 10 minutes. And so if that's the point when the visit's just wrapping up, you haven't even really settled into your seat to really say, okay, this is really why I'm here. Right. Unless you,
0: it was already so far along that you're like, I'm coming in specifically for this particular thing. And you blurted out the minute you sit down sometimes, isn't it just about piecing those things together to go, here's really what the issue is.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, we, a a big piece of our care is time. Mm -hmm. And when you spend time with people and when you, take that time to build that relationship, that's when we are starting to see what that whole picture looks like. Right. Because, you know, sometimes it's fine just to look at a specific symptom and sometimes it's fine to say, okay, let's do this. So you feel better. Right. But if you're just putting a bandaid on those symptoms and you're not really looking at that whole picture to see what else is going on, once you take that bandaid away or once you take that treatment away, All of a sudden, whatever was happening comes back up. Right. And so I think that it's really important to take that holistic view to say, okay, you're coming in because you're getting headaches or you're coming in because you're having stomach aches, but we're going to ask you about all of these other things to see, okay, what is really happening and what's contributing to, to your
0: symptoms. Right. And one of the other things you mentioned before is that you help articulate what the right question is
1: sometimes. That's my biggest thing Mm -hmm. is just knowing the right question to ask. Right. Right. And we don't know a lot of that in our health. Right. Mm -hmm. We didn't go to school to be our own doctors or our own providers. And it's sometimes really difficult to know the right question to ask Um, because in our, you know, in our conventional medical system, you go in and if you know the questions you want to ask, that's great to get the information that you need. but. Like you said, you don't always know that. So when you come to see us, we know that what those questions are that can really help find out that information. Right. So you don't always have to come up that with your own. And then we give you more information to digest. Right. So either it's handouts or things to read or maybe things on our patient portal. And that way you can find. Find out more information about it and then come back and ask more questions once you kind of have that base of information.
0: Well, we'll give your website out a couple of times during the show, but healthfoundations.com is always a great place to start. Yep. There's some online, like you can do an online visit. You can get kind of like a little mini tour. Yep. as You can do and all of those things. So throughout the show, we're going to talk about some some places you can start, like if you're going, here's some things that I might be dealing with right now or thinking about, um, here's a place we can start and why you would contact some place like Health Foundations. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And I think, too, we're going to be talking lots about different aspects of women's health today mm-hmm. because, um, you know, for us, everybody hears birth center. Right. And so they're like, oh, they do pregnancy, you go have your baby there. But what a lot of people might not realize is we actually do full scope women's health and preventative health. And so that same individualized, personalized care that people get in their maternity care with us, they get in their women's health and preventative care as well. Can we
0: just include the definition of that? Because even as you know, as a woman myself, I don't what's in the bucket of things that I could come and see you for.
1: So annual exams. And when I say an annual exam, I mean like an annual checkup. It doesn't necessarily mean a pap or anything specific. It's more just a head to toe, Mm -hmm. checking your blood pressure, maybe doing some labs, getting those baselines, making sure everything is a okay. You can also come and see us if there's things that you just aren't feeling right. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're really fatigued. Maybe you're worried about thyroid issues. Maybe um, you are worried about if you have diabetes or not right? or high cholesterol.
0: We've talked about if you had like a symptom that seems like out of the normal, like your hair seems thinner is doing something different.
1: Right. Or your nails are breaking all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, I see a lot of women for acne. Right. You know, all of those things that are just kind of bothersome and bugging you, you can come see us for We can also talk about all of the screening tests, whether it's in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s plus, Mm -hmm. Um, really working with women about when and how to do all of their screenings. Um, and you know, preconception, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be talking about IUI, which is intrauterine insemination that okay. we do at the clinic that a lot of people don't know. Right. So there's lots of things that you can come see us for. Um, and if you're not sure and you're thinking, gosh, I just think I need to see somebody. That's still a great, <laughs> great <laughs> reason to make an appointment Just touch Perfect. base. Right. Perfect.
0: So we are going to come back and you said we're going to, one of the topics that we're going to start with is, is. The pre the preconception. Yes. And OK. Fertility. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about that on behalf of some other people, because I do not want to be in that bucket again. So gotta <laughs> think. I want to think about it fondly and then help my sister next time she wants to have a baby. So this Perfect. will be great if you um have this and inf- if you would uh, benefit from this information. Today is a great day to call again. The number is six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. We'll be right back with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic here on the Health and Wealth Show back to the health and wealth show here on my talk 1071 streaming on my talk 1071.com i'm miss shannon here with my friend dr amy johnson grass from health foundation's birth center and women's health clinic reminding you you to be part of the show call us at 651-641-1071 and dr amy okay we're talking about preconception yeah so how far back in the conversation does do you start okay Like at the very beginning, like we're thinking about having a baby or we'd like to have a baby down the road. How far into the conversation do they talk to you?
1: All of the above. Okay. Ideally, Mm -hmm. give it about six months before you're actually thinking about starting to try and have a baby. Okay. Three months is kind of a minimum Mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of people don't, uh, don't necessarily think about getting their body or their environment ready. Right. For pregnancy. But it's nice to plan ahead a little bit. Because there are things that you can do to just optimize your health to really have the healthiest pregnancy possible.
0: And you've mentioned that from both the female and the male partner side. Yeah. Okay.
1: So for, you know, if we talk about males, Mm -hmm. the life of a sperm is three months. Okay. So anything you did three months ago will show up in your sperm, you know, still today. Yes. So drinking alcohol, smoking, um, any sort of tobacco, any, you know, all of those things influence your sperm health. Okay. So, you know, at the very minimum, we talk about taking a multivitamin for men. Yes. Because, you know, when you think about it, making a baby is 50-50. Yes. You know, it's mm-hmm. egg and sperm. And, but all the, most of the time we focus so much on the woman. Right right but it's really almost to the detriment of the woman sometimes where things are oh, yes. if things are
0: more complex than you thought it's i must be doing this wrong you know
1: right mm-hmm. and um you know if you have been trying to get pregnant and it's been 6 months 9 months 12 months you know for sure at that year mark it's time to start checking in with somebody gotcha And, you know, we check and we make sure everything's going well with women. But also, this is a great, I'm just planting the seed because if this is true for you, I want to make sure that you ask this question is, should my partner be doing a semen analysis? Okay. Because so often we focus so much on the women Mm -hmm. and we do all of these things, Mm -hmm. right? And tests and charting and maybe hormones. Right. Without seeing if the semen analysis looks okay. Right. So do them together in the very beginning, because then you have that information. If everything looks great, great. It's another checkbox off your list. and You can move on. If not, then you actually know that information. And so, you know, we can be working on your partner and, Mm -hmm. and you at the same time, but not so hyper focused on making sure you're ovulating and all of these things that happen with getting
0: pregnant, take your temperature again, do this, do
1: that. Right. Okay. Right. And if you don't know what we're talking about and you're thinking, wow, that's what? That's a great reason to check in and say, oh, OK, how's how's the best and easiest way to get pregnant? Yes. You know, in a month, because you have one window each month. Mm-hmm. And so um, we just help optimize that window for you. And
0: I like that you natch. Uh, you
1: help um, normalize all these conversations
0: because it is a team effort. And so mm-hmm. we spend so much time. Just banging our heads against the same wall over and over and over again.
1: And two, you know, there's really simple things, you know, over the years, you've definitely heard me talk about vitamin D. Yes, yes. So pre-pregnancy, it's good to get some labs done, Mm -hmm. right? So if your vitamin D is low, which I can tell you just about everybody in Minnesota is, or in this Midwest area, we just don't have strong enough sunlight to make that Adequate vitamin D. Um, You can work on that differently outside of pregnancy than you can in pregnancy. But having really good, healthy, optimal levels actually helps you have a healthier pregnancy. So that's one thing. You know, people, you hear me talk lots about anemia in women. With hemoglobins and ferritins. And so, you know, if you're low on iron, your iron already goes down in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So we can help you beef up your iron levels outside of pregnancy. So you go in with an A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, can we
0: pivot to, to, to the rest of the people that are like me out there now? So we're talking about overall women's health. Yes. So let's say I want to come in and instead I want to go, let's have the best options and talk about some options so that I don't have to have that conversation with you anymore. Yeah. So yeah, so when you are talking through, you know, so, uh, a woman who's in like, no, I want to talk about other types of birth control and those type of things. There's gotta be like a million things for us to talk to. How do you help them navigate? What's the best thing for them?
1: Yeah. There's lots of options these days mm-hmm. and it really is a conversation. We right. educate you on all the different options. A lot of time women come in thinking, Oh, okay, this is what I'm kind of interested in, or this is what I absolutely don't want. And then we can talk about all the other options that are available. Right. Um, And so, you know, any age that can be the case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Something we've seen gain a little bit more popularity, especially a little bit through COVID. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten lots of questions about our things like IUDs. Okay. And so an IUD is inserted. It lasts for a very long time, depending on the one you get, Mm -hmm. you know, a number of years. And um, But the nice thing about IUDs is they're very easy to take out. And once you take them out, if you want to get pregnant, you can start trying right away. Right. Where things like birth control pills um, and some hormones sometimes that you put in your bodies... Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for your cycle to re-regulate or your body to get used to that once you take those birth control pills away. Right. So it might take a little bit longer before you start trying.
0: Is there a point in just the the evolution of your woman's health that you should just ask some of these questions in just general? Like where you go, it's been, I've been doing X for five years. I should just check in with my provider and go, is this still the course or there's something I should be taking or or because
1: sometimes we just do things because we've been doing it or you just forget about it. And it's just like, right. oh, my gosh, three years have gone by. Right. Right. I think this is another reason why those annual checkups are so important. Okay. Because then often your provider will be checking in with you about those things that you might have forgotten about. Okay. Or that are sitting in your chart saying, oh, I see that you've been taking this. Is that something you're still doing? Okay. And then it starts that conversation. Right. right? Um, yeah. I can't stress enough those annual exams. Right. That just a physical exam. I you know the women that I see come in, and um particularly for things like breast cancer, yes, you know we all t- talk a little bit about self breast exams today, but having a provider do that breast exam on an annual basis, I think is really invaluable, important right um. Some women have come in saying, wow, I noticed a change in my breasts and then we check it out and it has been breast cancer. Mm -hmm. But just think if those women hadn't checked it out, hadn't come in, hadn't been scheduled for their physical. It could have been years and their outcomes could have been very different. And that's one of those
0: things that I think they remind us to do those monthly exams and self exams and those things. And it's another one of those things where you go, has it been a month? Have I done this? Did Uh I check it? You know, it's another one that just gets lost in the shuffle of life.
1: Yeah. So seeing a provider on an annual basis, if you go in for a physical exam, that should be part of the physical exam that they're doing. Okay. And then, too, you know, again, if you're talking with your provider, those screening tests come up. So if you are in your 40s or 50s, then that conversation about when to start your mammograms come up. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of those things. You have those baselines. Right. And then if something does start changing and you go, you're going in on a frequent enough basis and you're you're staying up to date with those screening exams, oftentimes if something does come up, we catch it much earlier and you have many more options. Right. And so, you know, I've asked so many women lately, when is your last mammogram? Mm -hmm. When is your last pap smear? You know, I have, I know a woman who's in her thirties, late thirties who kind of fell off the wagon with her paps right and she did end up with fairly uh, significant cervical cancer mm-hmm. and it just breaks my heart to right think, wow what would have happened if you even just came in on the timing that you would have normally come in would we have caught it sooner would we right. be in a different place and so yeah I, I see that a lot lately and and I just am like gosh let's catch these things early right so it's definitely one of those things where you go oh I don't
0: have time this is something you should make time for. Yes. Right. So we are going to go to a break again. So when we cover, when we come back, what do you want to cover next, Dr. Amy? We're going to talk a little bit about infertility. Ah, okay. So one. if you have any questions, you can be part of the show. Again, the number is 651-641-1071. Also a reminder, you can find this episode and previous episodes. If you go to our website, just go to mytalk1071.com. Keyword, health and wealth. You can find this one. And if you just, if we covered something kind of quick, listen to it. Share it with a loved one. Make sure that you give it to somebody else in your family we'll be right back with dr amy johnson grass from health foundation's birth center and women's health clinic here on the health and wealth show Welcome back to the Health and Wealth all Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Also, want to remind you, if you want some convenience in your life, just download our MyTalk app. You can take us wherever you want to go, uh, including uh, if you're uh, if you're at the cabin this weekend, I would enjoy being part of your cabin life. So take us in the MyTalk app. Just go ahead and find that wherever you find your favorite apps. My favorite person, though, Dr. Amy johnson Grass, talking about all kinds of things women health related. If you have any questions, you can call us at 651. 651- 641-1071 so we covered the preconception planning we talked about the uh situation might be in if you were talking about uh birth control and such and so now we're going to talk about the infertility issue which um we've talked about this in previous shows and that it is a conversation that should be had more because it is more common than we usually discuss
1: you know it is and i think um if you are thinking and trying to get pregnant and it's taken a while, you know, on average it can take women or or couples 6 months to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's nice to know, right? It doesn't happen the first month, it sometimes doesn't happen the few, first few months. So, on average 6 months, but if it's taking a year or longer, that might be a reason to check in with someone. Right. And it can feel very isolating. Right. Right. And so um, because sometimes um, women don't necessarily talk to other women about it or um, they might feel sad or ashamed or scared or like they've done something wrong or not doing something right or whatever that may be. And so. You know, it's nice to be able to come in and, you know, first just start talking about your cycles. Right. And some some people are very knowledgeable about it. And, you know, a lot of women aren't. Right. About what our cycles are, when you ovulate, um, day one through day 28, and how the hormones work. And I think it might just be <laughs> even backing up to
0: why this conversation isn't necessarily had in your friend group, is that depending on your friend group, I don't think that we always just talk about, sexual health in general. So yeah. if you're not even talking about what you and your partner might be doing and you don't want to acknowledge that those kind of activities are happening, of course, you're not going to go, well, and the activity is not leading to
1: the outcome that we we want yeah. either. And I think, too, you know, infertility is similar sometimes when we talk about miscarriage. Right. Right. A lot of times women don't share when they've had a miscarriage. And, um, I know in my friend group, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had losses Yes, and, you know, our friend group, I would say is, is fairly newly formed in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And it came about because of our kids. We kind of all had, you know, a common (laughs) similarity, but the years before that, you know, were the years that a lot of us were getting pregnant and that maybe miscarriages happened and, you know. Now that we're talking about it and now that, you know, this is happening, still just some of the friends in our group and they're they're having the opportunity to share it for the people that it happened to that didn't have that opportunity, they're like, "Wow, this would have been so different." Right? If I would have had somebody to talk to. Right. Or, "Wow, I'm not the only one that's going through this." And so I think by sharing our stories and by sharing with other women in our groups that, wow, these things are happening to me, I I can almost bet that something similar is probably happening to them as well. Right. Because it's kind of one of those
0: scenarios where on both sides you're going, I don't know what to say. Yeah. like how So when you are having this kind of conversation and you start with your provider, what advice in general do you give to a woman who's dealing with something like this? Try
1: and um, just be open. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, really, I think that's the important piece of finding a provider that you trust and that you're comfortable with. Um, Because if you walk into a provider's office and you do not feel safe, you do not feel comfortable, you do not feel like you can open up and share, that's probably not the right provider for you. Right. And so, you know, a little bit, this is why we talk about. I do talk a lot about establishing that relationship Mm -hmm. because um, when you're on this journey, you know, say you do have a miscarriage and you have a provider that you trust and that you feel safe and comfortable with. It's huge to be able to call that provider and say, this is happening. I need your help. Right. Versus sometimes going to somebody new or walking into a place you haven't been and not Feeling like you have that opportunity to share those things in the same way. Right. And it does make especially if you are in a scenario
0: like uh, uh, we've used mine before an example where I was part of a I liked my primary provider, but there were all these other doctors in the group and I did not like two of the other doctors. And I felt like the information they gave me was completely different than what my normal provider would have given me. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. When It you're, is. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think another piece of this is really talking about consent. Mm-hmm. I know we hear that word a lot um, these days, but, you know, consent in women's health is paramount. You know, medicine is not something that should be done to you. Right. It's a partnership. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when women come in to see us for their pregnancy, when they come and see us for their women's health care, even when we are, you know, when when you come in for your pregnancy, we feel your belly where baby's at. We measure and we listen before we even place our hands on your belly. We ask. Right. Is it OK if I touch your belly? Right. And, you know, that might sound like, well, that's a silly thing to ask, but actually it's not. Right. And because it's asking that permission to say, thank you for being here and choosing me. Is it okay to go ahead and move forward? Right. You know, that's something fairly simple. But when it comes to even things like cervical exams, pap smears, breast exams, there's consent involved in each of those steps. And I think particularly with paps and if you're going in for your first or if you're sharing these things with your daughter, Mm -hmm. because I think we've all had or can, or have heard of a not great experience. Correct. Right? And so, you know, your provider should make you feel comfortable, talk you through the process. And we always tell people who come in, you know, particularly for things like pap smears, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you everything before we start. If at any time you feel comfortable, you are in charge. Mm -hmm. You say, I'm done, and we're done. Right. And I think it's good to go...
0: That it is okay for you to go, I'm not cool with this. Yes. There's nothing wrong with you going, That's that's. this isn't going the way that I wanted. And yep. feeling that in power. And even before I met you, I had, you know, fired one of my my gynecologists because I just didn't like the way he talked to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, his bedside manner was not appropriate for me. I'm all like, you, yeah, who are you talking to like that? And I think that that's okay. It's
1: okay. hmm And, yes, I... Today we've used big words like dismissive and Correct. consent and you know, a lot of times I feel like us as women, we just kind of put up with some of those things that happen to us in a day to day basis. But in our health care, you have a choice. Right. And I just thought he was too respectful. flip in
0: his delivery yeah. <laughs> in the way that you talk to me. He's like, Scooch down, who are you talking to? Right. Like <laughs> kind of thing. Like it just I just didn't appreciate it. Right. And I remember telling one of my friends and them. Looking at me like, oh, and you said, I said, yeah, I'm not seeing this doctor again. Because it was like, he just thought he was funny. I didn't think he was funny. I found it very inappropriate. Right. And I think that that's okay. Right. <laughs> like, if you go, I just, even if you just, yeah, and we're not saying that everything is even... It, what I think what we're basically saying is that it's fine for you to find someone who communicates with you the way that you want to be communicated Absolutely. with. And so it's not a matter of, well, it wasn't that bad. That has nothing to do with it. Nope. It's like this is something that you should feel the most comfortable with and somebody that you should have the kind of rapport with that you can share the most information with. Not somebody that you're like, well, I don't want to bring it up because they're going to say something stupid. Even if it's
1: just something minor like that. Yeah. Find another provider. Absolutely. Because... Yeah, when things get to be more big. Right. And if something does happen, you need to be able to just be open- honest and frank so you get the
0: care that you need right and then how can you i mean do you really trust somebody at that point mm-hmm. point? and so i mean trust is so huge in these things and so if you need help you want somebody that you can go you know what no i trust this person to give me the right advice
1: yeah and i think too you know we talk lots about providers but it's also about how an office operates true right you mm-hmm. know ashley is our receptionist she's been with us for a while and Ashley is fabulous. She knows everybody's name who comes in the front door and she wants you to feel welcome. She wants it to feel inviting. And we get that feedback a lot that she's just fabulous at her job. And, you know, sometimes that might not be the case. And you might feel like, wow, I walked in the door and I checked in for my appointment and I felt a little... Like, we already had an argument. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and it's like, I just got here. All right. I just walked in. Right. Like, why are we fighting? <laughs> like, kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't necessarily even just need to be a provider. It's that whole environment that you right. just really need to be comfortable in. Right. Okay, so we do have time to move on
0: to the next part of the subject matter that we want to cover. Um, so we went through infertility. Yep. Um, we've talked about some providers. So what are we talking about now, Dr. Amy?
1: So I just want to touch a little bit about teen health and puberty, Mm -hmm. Um, because this is another one that, you know, as parents and, you know, I've got two, I have a preteen and a teenager Mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's one of those awkward things for a lot of parents to talk to their kids about. Right. Um, In particular, you know, I think for girls, you know, it's so important to give that preview. Yes. You know. I am all about education, right? right? Mm-hmm. It is important to give that preview of what to expect. So when they do get their first period, when they are going through puberty, when they see their body changing, it's not something again, that's happening to them, right? That they can really understand what's happening. So it makes that transition just a little bit easier. Cause it does feel a little like an alien takeover, it, you know? Yeah. Yes. If you're I, in your own little bubble. And I see my daughter and her friends going through it. And you know, Earlier on this show, we talked about powerful puberty, yes. that we have a class that um, pre-COVID that we would offer at the birth center for um, young girls to come in with their moms or their parents and really have that conversation about what to expect right. and what a period is. And, you know, the person that we have that comes facilitates that she brought things like tampons and mm-hmm. pads and, you know, all these different things. Things that are out there these days that sometimes some of the moms didn't even know about. Well, I mean, I, and I think that that's fair. Like my girlfriend was just having
0: a conversation. Like we just talked about this, and she's almost fifty, and we were talking about no. This we had this right. conversation last month where we were just talking about tampons and varying sizes and strengths and and uh-huh. and it's because her her doctor at health foundation was like, well, maybe you should try this one. Because it holds this and we're like, oh, that's why they have the different Uh sizes and things. And oh, and I'm like, I'm no help because my experience is totally different than my friends. So I am. I'm like, I've never had to worry about any of that stuff. So I can't tell her. Right. So, I mean, if you imagine if you're like all going through this in your little teenage pod, like nobody knows. Right. So I'm sure that they're going, okay, well, let's go ask, you know, we'll go ask Dr. Amy. (laughs) Or at least she'll tell us who to ask. Yeah. Is that how you, I mean, how do you set that up for your child that way and find that kind of group for them?
1: So we did this powerful puberty class. And I will say when I started, I, it was a little selfish because it was for, because my daughter was going to start going through that stage. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I got a group of her friends together. So. It was, and it was it wasn't heavy. It was actually really lighthearted. We laughed. It was funny. The moms shared about some of their first experiences. Right. And so it was very easy because I think some of the moms in particular, not the girls, were a little bit. Right. About, okay, well, how is this going to go? Yes. It also takes the stress off the parent to say, okay, I need to figure out the exact right thing to say. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Or I need to, you know, and sometimes, you know, let's be honest, things have changed. And they should.
0: And And that's what I think is interesting is that we... What we're doing for our kiddos is a lot different than what our parents did for us. And no shade on what they did, oh no, you know, with the resources that they had at the time. But us going, no, we can do this better. Like another class that you did, that you and I both talked about, is we were talking about skincare for teens. Oh yeah, because we're like, you know, nobody really taught us taught us. Right. When we were a teenager to wash our face the right way and do these things. And, and so like I, that's when I started calling myself the spa mom is that <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to you know. And it was funny because I started this process and of, you know, talking things through and showing my son how to wash his face and do these things. And he was getting his little he has his little acne, the acne that pops up every once in a while. And I remember talking to my ex-husband when I start really started really like a year ago I'm like no for real here's this this stuff and he needs to wash his face with this and I tell him every night he needs to wash his face when he's at your house he needs to wash his face because he's getting pimples and he's like well everybody gets pimples I said yeah but it doesn't have to be bad yeah you know like it doesn't <laughs> you, you know, prevent a lot exactly of it doesn't have to be uncomfortable for him and it doesn't have to get right. worse When we can just teach him to wash his face. Welcome back to the Health and Well Show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Ms. Shannon here. We're Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic. You can be part of the show. Feel free to call us at 651-641-1071. So we've been covering teen health. So we want to go
1: back to that and put a little button on that,
0: correct? Mm -hmm. I just
1: wanted to really kind of say, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, the PAP guidelines have changed. This is what I wanted to mention. So a lot of times, at least when we were teens, we would be going in as a teenager maybe for our first pap smear. Mm-hmm. That has changed so you don't actually need to start those until you're 21. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I think that's nice nice to know. And sometimes it takes the pressure off both moms and daughters. Yes. <laughs> we're like, well,
0: we'll kick that can a little farther down the yes. road. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: There's lots of other things that, you know. Are filling that space right Um. so know that but I think you know just reiterating and really saying to, to find that provider that's really that can be comfortable to talk to right and you know a lot of times pediatric providers are that person until maybe age 18 but you know it doesn't have to be right and so you know whoever that person is sometimes it's family practice sometimes you know for us it's like certified nurse midwives or nurse practitioners you know all of those people can play that role in your teens health okay So just make sure it's
0: another one of those things you can have the conversation. And then if you can at least have that open conversation with your kiddo so that they can tell you, yeah, I'm cool with this or I'm not. And it doesn't feel like they have to give you an answer one way or the other. Yes. And I think,
1: too, this is really the age to start establishing good habits. Right. So. When I talk about going in for, you know, a physical exam every year or, you know, some of these screenings, this is a great opportunity to to instill that routine into our kids. So it follows them through their life. Gotcha. Right. Because if we don't teach that or if we don't mirror that, Mm -hmm. that's often something then that they won't do as they get older.
0: Right. And it's kind of I mean, I I've never had a conversation because no mom has to go to the doctor today. For just a checkup. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should just remind them. Because like, it just seems like stuff that you don't need to remind them that we all do. Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: remember, parents, when you're, if your kiddos are leaving home and either going to college or, you know, off to get a job, those first few years, it's nice to just have a little reminder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because oftentimes those first few years, these aren't the things that your now adult children are thinking about. No. Right. No. And so, you know, kind of giving those gentle reminders can also be really helpful to just get them off to a good start. Being independent adults. Right. So like
0: we are helping you with your adulting checklist. Yes.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. These are the things to start thinking about. Right. The other piece, too, is it's starting to help teach them a little bit about health insurance. Yes. You know, oh. I really think mm-hmm. that this should be something that is taught in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that we most need in life, finances, You know, how to navigate your health care and your health insurance, (laughs) cars and car insurance. I mean, all these little things are things that I feel like just get missed. Yes. in all of our education. And and, but, you know, those are the kind of things that we have to do on a daily basis. Like what kind
0: of questions are you even supposed to ask? And what's a (laughs) copay? And they're deductible and all of these things. So.
1: Agreed. Or at least just make sure to bring your insurance card to your visit. Fair enough. step one. (laughs) I had a girlfriend call me the other day and she's like, oh my gosh, I finally got all of this set up. And it was her teen son. He was going into the doctor and he got there and he didn't have the insurance card. And so there was a whole navigation over the phone and which was fine, but it was like, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> one more thing to do.
0: right? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's one of those adultings is hard type things. Cause my ex husband's still terrible
1: about that. And uh. he's in his
0: forties. So oh, yeah. I, I think, think most of that's people, on our phone. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's why I'm like, um, I'll yeah, I got it. <laughs> so anyway, just to be thinking about kind of that teen puberty, you know, Adult children as they're leaving home, kind of what to think about for that, for healthcare as well. You know, something that I mentioned earlier, we're going to transition into, you know, I do want to round back to this IUI, this intrauterine insemination. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's IUI is often done for women who need to use a, a donor sperm to get pregnant. Okay. It's the most commonly used procedure really to help people get pregnant. Okay, And um, it's something that we do at health foundations. And I just want to put that out there and I plant those seeds. Or if you know somebody who this is true for, because um, we offer it as, you know, a very affordable option in the grand scheme of what this looks like in healthcare. Okay. Um, It also, we find that we hear a lot of good feedback about just the comfort of the procedure and the support afterwards. Right. You know, this you're making a baby. Mm-hmm. We're just doing it a little bit different way. That doesn't mean that this still can't be and feel a real special time and a comfortable and safe and all of those things. Again, less like a
0: science experiment yes. and something that's like, no, part of your overall family planning. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And so... Um, you know, if that's something that's true for you, if that's something that you've been looking into, you know, it's it's something you can give us a call about and ask more questions, come in. You know, we do have you come in for one appointment prior to the actual procedure, and then that way we can know, you know, when you're ovulating and the timing and, and we talk about how, how to set that up. Okay. And so we do, you know, our providers are in the office, of course, you know, Monday through Friday, but with IUI, this is something that we might even talk with you about coming in on the weekend. Okay. Cause you know, not everybody ovulates to the clock of Monday through Friday. <laughs> right.
0: was <laughs> like, how dare I work outside of normal business hours? Yes.
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so, you know, having an office that can Work with you on what that timing looks like can help relieve that stress of the situation as well.
0: Well, we have time to kind of put a button on this real quick
1: before we wrap up for your final show, Dr. I Amy. I mm-hmm. You know, I think really what we've been saying, you know, in many of these shows, feel comfortable with your provider. Right. Build that relationship. Don't skip your screenings. See them on an annual basis. You know, all of these things are in place to really help you have that optimal health. And um, if something is different or if something changes when you are going in for those annual uh, physical exams and you're going in for those those screenings, you know, the idea is we're catching it soon or on the early stage. So we have lots of options. Right. Um, I just can't tell you how sad it makes me when we catch something on the late side, knowing that it could have maybe been a different story if those screenings and those, you know, annual visits would have happened.
0: Well, Dr. Amy, we have appreciated all of the amazing information you've shared with us here on the Health and Wealth Show and previously on the Mom Show. We want to remind everybody they're going to be able to continue to hear your voice, at least, because you're going to be launching a podcast soon that they're going to be able to find on your website, correct?
1: Yes. So, yep. Continue to follow me and, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about all things women's health, pregnancy, healthcare, even nationally. Um, I do a lot of national work. And so, yeah, I really hope that you'll join me. You know, find us on our website at healthfoundations.com and follow us on social media. We do lots of fun posts but also educational posts both on instagram and facebook right well
0: i have been so honored to have you in my circle dr amy so thank you very much for joining us I remind everybody again they can find this episode and previous episodes including dr amy and our other friends uh, cassandra brazier and carlos and from all of the things on the health and wealth show from clearstep financial just go to the website mytalk1071.com keyword health and wealth thank you so much dr amy we thank appreciate you, you.